Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that's headed to Vegas again. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who was once told in a sports book that he looks like Dexter. Yeah, that would be me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, who would not be caught dead in a sports book because he is morally opposed to gambling. Wow. That couldn't be further from the truth. Trey Newman. All right. So this is part two of us setting odds on random prop bets that the the fourth bro sent in. So thanks again for sending those. If you want to listen to part one, check out our episode from last week. But let's get right into it, Trey. We're going to playwithtrey.com. That's right. We've got a question from Andrew Trey. Andrew Tay. (laughs) He wishes. Yeah, exactly. Andrew Tay says, will the Heisman winner win the national championship in 2021? Dexter, lead us off. By the way, Dexter is a fantastic show. What are the odds, Trey? Oh, that's true. Well, I was so, I was so enthralled with Dexter. And they're, they're, he's like, they're even having like a mini series comeback. I can't wait. Uh, let me catch you doing anything bad. Yeah. All right. So will the Heisman winner win the national championship in 2021? Yes is plus 105 and no is slightly favored at minus 105. Okay. All right. So, uh, looking back here at the last, uh, 20 years, uh, we've had 13 of the last 20 made it to the national championship game. Um, and then seven of those won it, um, which, you know, sounds about right. So if you're just going off based off of that, then I'm going to have to say I will take the no that he will, they will not do it. Um, so, and actually the, if you look back at those previous 20 years, the first 10, I think it was eight out of 10 made the game. And then the last 10, it was only like five. So, um, maybe it's trending in the other direction. So I'll, I'll stick with the no on this one. Yeah, I, I agree on the, the no, um, because of the, the trend that you pointed out. Actually, in the last eight years, it's four and four as far as, you know, four out of eight have, have actually, um, Heisman winners have won the national title. So you could, you could argue that's a trend, but I just think that's just a small sample size. And just kind of the, the main reason I, I like the no is, so the Heisman is awarded before the playoff, obviously. And I would say going into the playoff, there's usually not a team that is greater than 50% chance to win. Like last year, Alabama was, but that was, that was kind of a, I think an extreme example, they were just had separated themselves so much from the field. But even going back the year before LSU, they were like plus 140 or something going into the playoff, uh, even as good as they were. So, so my point there is that even if I knew that the, the Heisman was going to come from the best team before the playoff, I still would, would take the, the no here. Yeah. So, and then there's always the chance that it doesn't come from the best team. Maybe it's a Lamar Jackson type or RG3 that has no chance. Tim, yeah. You know. I mean, cause when I was setting the line, I think, in the playoff era, Lamar Jackson is the only one where his team didn't actually even make the playoff, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. so you, you know, you got, you figure that anyone in the playoff has obviously got a shot to win the Heisman and obviously win the national title. But, uh, all right. Good to hear. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the next one from, uh, Aaron Chapman 12. What sports book um, are yes. we at, Ryan? Oh, sorry. We're at, uh, uh, let it, let it ride. Playbook here. Sorry about that. About playbook. Guys. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Did I say playbook? Yeah. He's a coach. He's a coach. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. 
<laughs> All right. So from Aaron Chapman, 12, it says, uh, how many seasons until Texas A&M wins a national championship? All right. Uh, and so I put the line at 20 years. That's the essentially the over-under on that, 20 years. So what do you, guys, what do you think? All right. So the question you posed to us, yeah, was will they win it in the next 20 years, yes or no? And you got even odds on either side. Yeah. So they haven't won since 1939. Um, so that might lead <laughs> you towards a, a no, but I think with, with the amount of revenue and the, the commitment to football they have right now, they're to me probably top 10 in terms of most likely teams to win national titles moving forward. They've got, you know, like I said, a ton of money. They're willing to pay whatever it takes to be great. We saw that with how much they paid to bring in Jimbo and they're pulling in top five, top 10 recruiting classes. So there's, there's a lot of good to say. So I kind of, I, if I can, I try to get to some math on these to try and like, how do I yeah. value this? How do I set these odds? And so if you assume that they have a three and a half percent chance every year, just a flat three and a half percent chance, then there's a 50 50 chance that they'll win one in the next 20 mm-hmm. years. So the question is, do I think there's over under a three and a half percent chance every year? It's hard to say like this year, even though they're, they're about to be a preseason top 10 team. They look to be right around three and a half percent, maybe even slightly lower based on the betting odds. So are they going to be better than this year moving forward on average? Like, I don't know. I keep asking more questions, but to me, that three and a half percent just sounds like yes or no, Michael. Yes. I'm, or no. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. But that number sounds my, my dumb brain says that sounds a little bit low, like especially with the chance, even if it's a relatively low chance, but they could become a tier one program. You know, they could become in, you know, line with. Clemson and Ohio State and Alabama, like that's possible in the next 20 years for sure. So yeah, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say they do it. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, using your three and a half percent example, if you just, if you go with the assumption, at least in the near term, that right now Jimbo's just kind of getting going where he's starting to get his first full classes mm-hmm. going, maybe that percentage increases. Uh, but you know, to sustain that over 20 years, we'll see. But, but when, you know, when you first, when I first focus on this question, I think about the amount of teams that could win a title in the next 20 years. And the list actually gets fairly long, even though, you know, people right now in the, you kind of only think it's a few and generally it is kind of each year. There's only a few, but, but it, we've seen it can, it can kind of change quick. Uh, and then when you t- think of it in terms of just A&M, how difficult it would be to not only to win the SEC, but then win a couple again, uh, games against, you know, likes of Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Texas, SC, Oregon, whoever. But I think just given the long time horizon and where they're currently positioned, I, I, I'm going to say they do win one. Uh, Jimbo's recruiting, even if, if he can't quite get him over the hump, the recruiting for the next few years is going to keep them relevant and in the mix. Michael, you already mentioned the, the financial commitment that they have. Um, I, they're just, they're now entrenched in the SEC. That's going to be more enticing to those Texas recruits as we go forward. They just want a New Year's Six Bowl. I think they're, they're, tra- they're trending up. So I think they're going to be a factor in the next couple of decades. But Ryan, I think you set the perfect line because like, if you set it at 15 years, no doubt I would take over or no, yeah. whatever. If you set it at 25, I think I would definitely take. And I, I went actually, 25 at first and then I subtracted five years. I was like, mm, let's make well, it 20. You know, the yeah. other thing is you got a small sample size here because you know that Michael and I are pretty bull, have been bullish on Jimbo and A&M. Yeah. I think compared to the, maybe the average person, I think the average person might, might lean no. It's true. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's a tough question. I'll be interested to hear what. What people think. Yeah, because there's so much, I mean, I mean, it's, 
so, you know, luck will obviously play a factor in this one. It's, yep. but yeah. Anywho, we'll check back right, in 20 two, years. Uh, two yeses. All right. Okay. Let's uh, go over to ESPM.com. Uh, Joel had a question for us. This one. Okay. Of, of, of both episodes we've recorded, this one was the toughest for me to set a line and you'll see by how I set the line. So what happens first? Alabama and Clemson don't make a playoff in the same season or Texas makes a playoff. And so I have set Alabama Clemson both missing a playoff at plus 100 and Texas making a playoff at plus 100. So it's 50 50. What it just take your pick. Yeah, no, that's it. And it's a very fair, fair line here. I'm actually going to go with Alabama and Clemson missing in the same season. I didn't come up with anything formulaic or, or number driven, but I first just started looking at this upcoming season and I asked myself, would I be shocked if either of these scenarios happened? And in this particular scenario, I'd be a l- more shocked if Texas made it just because I think it's very uh, unlikely Sark makes it, uh, in year one new program. Um, I know Bama or Clemson have made it essentially every year, but it isn't preposterous to consider either of them, or in this case, both of them missing. I mean, Georgia is a threat in the SEC this year. We just talked about A&M could continue its ascent. Um, Clemson on their side, they're breaking in some new pieces, particularly on offense. And then in the ACC this year, you got teams like Miami, North Carolina. They seem to be poised in that next tier to maybe dethrone Clemson or at least upset them. Injuries could happen. Um, mm-hmm. you know, other team, and I, and if I just look at Texas, I think, you know, other teams could step, step up and dethrone Alabama and Clemson before Texas could. Um, it just, it really isn't far, totally far fetched to see, to see them miss the playoff in a year. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say that, uh, Texas, uh, will make a playoff. Uh, I know, I know Clemson and, uh, Bama, I just, I mean, they're both rolling so, so well. And I know they have some losses, but they have losses every year. Let's not try to pretend that they don't. Uh, they're just reloading with legit guys. <laughs> you know? What's so I'm funny not about that? <laughs> yeah, you pretend, Michael. Yes. Keep pretending, bro. Oh, they lose. USC's going to win now because Alabama lost my Yeah, that's, so, that's yeah. me. Yeah, that's Michael. All right. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, they have a new quarterbacks. I mean, Uyungle for Clemson set up for the, Having have a great career at Clemson, uh, Alabama, Bryce Young. I mean, they're they're going to be studs. So, but I, and I like Stark. I like Stark at Texas. I think there's a lot of talent there, and I think the Big Twelve, when yeah, it just it's not can't be that hard for Texas to just finally get over the hump one year and win that conference. And then if you win the Big Twelve, yeah, you have a very 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 strong chance to be in the in the title game. So they've been kind of. Close, obviously, the last few years. Hart Herman got close a little bit. I almost knocked off o, uh, OU to get there. So um, I just don't think it's far fetched to say that uh, Texas can, you know, leapfrog OU one or two years. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This was I. I ended up creating a sim for this and just kind of whatever, just putting in some not random numbers, but estimating the chances of Clemson and Alabama making the playoff each year, and then Texas. You know, kind of had. I had Texas and or I had Alabama and Clemson's kind of over the 20 years, you know, decreasing in, in likelihood just the farther we get and the opposite for Texas. And I ran it a a hundred Sims. It was 5149. So I was like, okay, I, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I nailed it. Which one was 51, huh? Uh, the Alabama and Clemson don't make it. So I guess, oh. I guess I favor, I guess I slightly favor that. Yeah. That's very difficult. Uh, okay. Moving on. 
to one from Alex Williams. Will South Carolina beat Clemson in the next five years? So I think this is a good question. And I got the yes as an underdog at plus 140 and no favored at minus 140. Yeah, I mean, things change over the course of, of five years. Upsets happen. We've seen, you know, Clemson is not immune to upsets. Pitt and Syracuse a few years ago got them. So uh, it's possible, but there's a few things that make it very tough for me to, to pick South Carolina to win here. So their recruiting class was, was last in the SEC this year, understandably because it was a small class and it was, you know, transition with Shane Beamer coming in. But still, that that hurts. And Three of the five games are going to be played at Clemson, so that's another tick against them. And most importantly, they're just starting in a very bad spot right now. South Carolina's projected 90th in SP+. So this year, I mean, unless there's a big surprise, it's it's almost a zero chance. Like, they they could be four touchdown underdogs very easily. And then that makes you think, well, how, how much could they really close that gap next year? And suddenly, I'm, you know, I'm projecting this out. I'm two years in and have such a small chance of South Carolina winning. So even projecting improvement, uh, with, with, you know, Beamer over the next few years, I, I still lean towards the no. So I, I, I think it was a, a good line to set, but I, I'm picking no. Yeah. What did you say the, the line was again here, Trey? Sorry. Uh, yes is plus 140 and no is minus 140. Okay. Okay. Got you. The so no we're favoring we're favoring that South Carolina yeah. will not beat Clemson. So fifty eight percent. Yeah. So it's like a fifty eight percent chance that you're saying that Clemson will win it uh, five in a row here. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Clemson as well. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like the gap is widening here. You know, uh, it's not coming back to the kind of to the mean here because I think what Clemson's won six in a row now, and then I think before that. Like South Carolina actually went on a run. I think they won like four or five in a row yeah, uh, against Clemson's. But, you know, now that Clemson's got the ball rolling here, uh, yeah, with the new staff, not good recruiting. Clemson's taking the recruiting to another level. I mean, you know, a lot can change in a matter of three or four years, but a ton would have to change in the next three or four years for this one. So yeah, I'll, I'll go with Mike here. It's, the it's so hard to forecast like uncertainty, you know, like what are the, yeah. the chances that South Carolina, they could be a top 15 team in, in four yeah. years like that. Yeah. yeah. So, but I don't know so how to assess I, the odds of that. The way I kind of looked at this and I might've maybe, um, I could have maybe made it more of a, a favorite underdog situation, but my math here was, like so this year Michael you're right as of now preseason SP plus on a neutral field it's about 28 to 30 points give or take whatever so very very little chance you know less than 5% chance that that South Carolina could win but going forward if i went with the assumption that basically said if they were like a 14 to 21 point underdog each year that means they're on average going to have about a 10% chance to to win that game if you just mm-hmm. if that would if that happens to play out so that's where I kind of got to this this number but you know what was fascinating is aside from this question I looked at the the spread history of this rivalry so in the last five years the closest spread was thirteen and a half the other four were greater than twenty so Clemson has been a league of its own we all know that but from ninety five to twenty fourteen so twenty years. It was only greater than seven one time. Wow. Mm. So it's been so evenly matched for the yeah. 20 years prior to this Clemson run. Yeah. It is crazy. Like, obviously now Clemson is this tier one program that we've all become used to. But if you would have asked me like eight years ago, 
or or whatever ten, who's more likely to become you know make that rise, yeah. South Carolina or Clemson? I might have taken South Carolina. I don't know. Oh, I'd yeah. have to go Coming look back right at around it, that but Spurrier time. Yeah, Spurrier's times. Yeah, yeah, Spur. Yeah, he had obviously some great years. So I don't know. Yeah, I know historically South Carolina has never done much, but. I don't, I don't necessarily read into that too much. Like they were, they are able to recruit well. Like we saw under Spurrier, they're able, they, you know, recently had double digit wins. So plenty of talent yeah. over there. Like mm-hmm. there's no reason why they can't. They got support. They got everything they need. It's just, they're going to punch through eventually, you know, and have a ma- pretty magical run. So it's just a matter of time. All right. Let's get back to let it fly or let it ride. Excuse me. <laughs> let it ride with here. Let's go. We got Paxton M. Scoggins. He asks, which QB transfer will have the best season? All right, so how we're basing this is off, um, kind of based off of the ESPN QBR, um, ratings here. So kind of, uh, it takes into consideration the running aspect of quarterbacks, which we know is especially huge in, in college. So, um, so I, I got four guys here, or I'm sorry, five guys, and then I also put it on the field. All right, so for these, so take a look at, listen to this here. So the favorite I put is the field. Uh, they're at plus 250. All right, then Tanner Mordecai is the next one at plus 300 first single quarterback. Uh, Jack Cohn, plus 550. Mackenzie Milton and Hendon Hooker at plus 800. And then I got Tyler Shuck at plus 1,000. So, Trey, what do you think of my, uh, my odds there? Well, you know, when I first, at first blush, I really want to say Mordecai because it's an Oklahoma quarterback. Going to Sonny Dyke's system. He just had yeah. another Big 12 quarterback, of course, Shane Bichelle, uh, put up some gaudy numbers. And, but I'm looking at, if I look at SMU, Preston Stone was a, a blue chip recruit and he's kind of yeah. a threat this, this offseason. So it's no guarantee that Mordecai will be the guy. Um, I mean, really when I look at your list, I could pretty much make a case for any of them, pretty much, even though I'm not totally in love with some of their situations. Uh, but, this is this is tough because if you ignore the field, it would be impossible for me to kind of pick one of those guys. So I'm going to actually take the field because even if some of these the, the quarterbacks don't end up getting immediate waivers, which I think most will, I still see get a lot of good options. You got Bailey Zappi from Houston Baptist to Western Kentucky, Grant Gannell at Memphis, Alan Bowman at Michigan. Could be you know there could be someone off the radar like Charlie Brewer at Utah, Jace Ruder at North Texas. So that's why. In this case, I had to go to the field. Yeah, I uh, I kind of did the same thing. So if if I wasn't taking the field, then to me, Jack Cohn kind of stood out at, at plus 550 going from Wisconsin to Notre Dame just because Brian Kelly does a good job with quarterbacks, and we know Cohn, when paired with good offensive line, good running game, he's capable of, of putting up a really good QBR. He was top 10 a couple years ago at Wisconsin, so... Um, but the reason I didn't was Notre Dame loses uh, a lot of production on offense, so just not quite sure what to expect from them this year. And and because you left out, Ryan, from your individual guys, Grant Gannell, who I really like. So having him as a part of the field at Memphis, I like. And Trey, a couple guys you didn't mention. I didn't uh, realize Gannell was immediately eligible. Well, it's not for well, sure. Well, everyone's going to be. We think everyone will. That's likely to be the rule that they implement, right? So That's... Fair, fair. Um, and then you got Jarrett Garantano. Maybe he gets the job yeah. at Wazoo. Logan Bonner following Blake Anderson to Utah State. So, yeah, just who knows who it's going to be, but you get a lot of guys. Yeah. Um, 
And you also, uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, we got to, I guess, define like a minimum number of games or something. You know, we don't want, oh, I don't know, yeah. oh. eight games or we'll figure it out. They got to play well, a significant all the, amount. Of all these guys, I hope it's Mackenzie Milton just because it'd be an awesome yeah. story and fun to watch. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. All right. Moving on to the next one over to ESPM.com. Rutgers Todd asks, how many years will it take Rutgers to reach a bowl game? And so I set the number here. I set the over-under at three years, you know, even money on both sides. So what do you think, right. Ryan? Uh, that is a tough, tough, tough call. Well, I'm glad. You know. Maybe I set a good number. Yeah. Ah, uh, man. I, I've kind of been a little bit lowish on Rutgers here. Um, we've seen instances of programs getting a little bit of an influx of kind of juice and life. Um, but by bringing in a new coach and then it kind of quickly fades. Um, you know, Shiano did a great job so far this year and they got three wins, which is obviously way more than anybody expected them to get. I just have a hard time feeling, uh, seeing them making another huge jump. So I'm leaning towards the no here. I know it's still plus money or still even money on both sides. Um, but they, you know, they had like a 41st, I think, recruiting class coming in this year, which is better, but it's still in the Big Ten world. That's not going to cut it, especially when you go up against such great teams. Now, they will say the ne- the following class, they've got off to a great start. So the 2022 type of class, but those kids are going to be, you know, so so young, they hardly will make an impact by the time this thing's over. So I think I like this the line set at three. Um, if it was three and a half, I probably would have taken the under, but three... I'm not, I'm just not sure yet. I don't know. I, I I'm going to take the over. I think four is more likely uh, than two. So sorry. Okay. Sorry, Todd. Yeah, Todd. Um, man, this is, this is really close because the push comes into play and which side would I want to be yeah. on the, the push mm-hmm. side? I'll just, I'm going to say, I'll say under, uh, under three years. Um, I agree, Ryan. I think three and a half. I, I think I for sure. For sure under, but yes. now I'm really kind of waffling. Um, you know, you, you did mention they won three games last year, but we also have to remember they lost to Michigan in, in triple overtime. They lost another by three, another by seven. So not terribly far away. And like, you know, yes, they would need a couple more things to go their way, but they're improving the talent and their non-conference. I looked in the next couple of years. It's fairly weak. So especially this upcoming year, like if they go three and oh, they have, which isn't out of the question. There is a, there is a shot. Um, you know, they, uh, well, my other point was, yeah, oh yeah, just in general, like watching Rutgers, you know, when watching them last year, you could just see how much more competent they looked on the field. And I think they're going to chop enough wood to get to a bowl game in the next three years. Um, it'll be tough, but I'm going to bet on Rutgers and Shiano. All right. There we go. Yeah, I mean, this year is their easiest schedule, I think, for it, but they, as a team, might not be ready yet. And, yeah, in future yeah. years, I think they haven't fully filled out the non-conference. Um, I did see no, they have like Boston next, College. I think they Yeah, that's play. very difficult. <laughs> that will be yeah, good. that's not great. In 2022 and maybe 2023 BC, I think they might also play, like, Temple, uh, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah, there's, there's no, like, still have another, there's there's no still have UConn one game or, you know. Anyone like that? Yeah. Well, I think they're going to get one more. They have one more game to fill, I think, in the following year. But either way, um, I'm betting on Shiano to at least make them break through. We hope so. All right. 
Moving on to play with Trey again. We have another one from Joel, and the the question he poses is, who's going to have the most wins in 2021, Vanderbilt, Kansas, or Syracuse? So I've set the, the line at Syracuse to be the favorite at plus 105, followed by Vanderbilt at plus 200, and then Kansas at plus 460. Oof, man. Yeah, that... <laughs> Is a tough question. <laughs> oh man, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I really thought hard about this one, and I was just trying to think of okay, who do I trust? Which team do I trust that's going to actually like maybe be somewhat competent this year? And I'm I'm going with Syracuse. Um, you know, and really the reason is just because of Tommy DeVito. Uh, we know when he plays, they're at least okay. I mean, Kansas, they all, they all play an FCS team, uh, this coming year, but Kansas is, is, is it plays South Dakota, which, you know, let's not, that's no gimme. They'll, that's no gimme at all. So I think Vandy has East Tennessee State, which is a little more of a, a gimme than, than South Dakota. And then, uh, Syracuse, I forget who they played, but it wasn't, uh, they get Albany. A, oh, that's right. Albany. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think Syracuse has the edge on those FCS matchups. Um, and then I'll take just Tommy DeVito. So yeah, I'll take Syracuse even though they are the favorite. Still plus money. Yeah, I thought about, I, I couldn't touch Kansas. Like, I don't know what odds yeah. it would take for me, but it's just quite a mess there. But, right yeah, with now. all that turmoil. Yeah, yeah we don't yeah. even know who their head coach is going to be. And, um, like we said, they're, you know, and you got to get these wins in the non-conference, you know, when you're these type of teams and, South Dakota, like we said, no gimme. They go at Coastal. That's very yeah. likely loss mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, and at Duke, even though Duke's not great, but they'll still be an underdog there. So, um, I'm going with Vandy. I don't, I don't feel great about it, but I'll take the plus 200. <laughs> I think they have a little bit easier non-conference overall than Syracuse. So like you said, East Tennessee State, they also get UConn at home. That's pretty much like playing an FCS team. Yeah. It is. <laughs> um, so there's, <laughs> Sorry, I mean, it's Randy not Hansel. a, definitely not a guarantee. There's no guarantees for Vandy, but there's a, no, a good but chance. it's a fair uh, point. Good chance of 2 and 0 there. And then there are other two non-cons at Colorado State, home to Stanford. So 2 and 2 is, yeah. is the likely record, but 3 and 1 is possible if they, if they get lucky. And yeah. then, uh, then they've got like five teams in SEC play that individually, any of them like wouldn't shock me if, if they won. They got, at home against Mississippi State, Missouri, and Kentucky, and then on the road against South Carolina and Tennessee. So, you know, maybe they get two or three in the non-conference, win one of those, and, you know, at plus 200, then I think they're yeah. a shot. Yeah, they're a wild card, too, because they're breaking in a new coach as well. Yeah, exactly. You got Clark Lee coming in who, I don't know, hopefully he we'll see. invigorates the program. Yeah. I like they're their just announced some big, you know, $300 million plan or something to – invest in facilities to, you know, primarily improve, I think, football. Um, yeah. So, I, mean, I mean, that, I doesn't, think that all, doesn't do anything this year, but... Yeah. We all we all three agree that, you know, the pecking order is kind of Syracuse, Vandy, Kansas, but then it's yeah. just a matter of wh- who do you think is going to probably do better in the non-conference or or get lucky within conference, and that's, that's why yeah. this one was very difficult. And Syracuse is the best team of the three. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. All right, let's move on to our last – nope, sorry, second to last question, but our last question from Joel. Uh, here we go. So Joel asks, will there be a new team 
in the college football playoff in 2021. Uh, the yes I put as plus 300. So the no is the fade. No, I did not. I'm sorry. I put it at the, <laughs> the sorry. I changed I it here. I changed. No, 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 no. I put the yes at minus 150 and the no at plus 150. Sorry. So the yes is favored here. Okay, so minus one fifty. Favored to be a a team favored never before a new team been to be in the college football playoff. playoff. Yes, my um, So last year was the first time that there was not a, a new team, and obviously with each passing year, though it uh, you know a new team making it becomes less likely because there's just less teams. You know, fewer not last teams. year. Well, not last year yet because nobody. <laughs> but you know what I mean, though. Like, yeah, that's probably why nobody made it is because we'd had yes whatever six yeah. or seven playoffs of different teams making it so kind of all the best teams for the most part have made it but i still make the the yes here a new team making it a pretty massive favorite and i actually like i make it at least minus 300 and probably more um which it does like logically like when i if you just asked me this question had me just ballpark it in my head i wouldn't have thought that but after i kind of looked into it I, i came to that number so here's here's a list of teams that all have relatively low odds um, individually, but combined, their chances are are pretty high of of one of them making it. So, like, just listen to these teams. You think would it be that crazy if they made it? Florida, Iowa State, USC, Texas A and M, North Carolina, Miami, Wisconsin, Penn State, Iowa, Texas, and Cincinnati. So even if I kind of assigned those teams what I think were relatively conservative odds of them making the playoff, and you start to multiply the odds of of all of them missing it. And you, you get to a pretty, pretty high number for the pretty high favorite for for one of them making it. So, uh, yeah, like, like I said, and then you, it's not just those teams. You got the chance that you know, like a couple of years ago when Baylor almost made it, or or when Michigan State made it. You got the, the dark horse possibility as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I you you make a compelling argument there. Uh, and for me, when I because I didn't have, I wasn't thinking about that math in general. And these odds made it tough for me. Um, you know, if it was even money, I for sure would have said for, for said yes. I'm, I'm waffling on this, but I, I'll lean yes. Uh, if you look at the preseason SP plus, the top six have all been to a playoff and are, you know, your usual players. But I believe everyone else outside of Washington in the top 20 would be new. So, you know, Michael, you mentioned like if I looked at individual teams, so like it's not for me, it's not unreasonable to think Iowa State could win the Big 12 this year over Oklahoma or mm-hmm. or maybe Wisconsin breaks through in the Big 10 because, you know, Ohio State's breaking a new quarterback or something. Um, you know, you get maybe a little less likely Miami or North Carolina dethroning Clemson. Um, but th- like you said, though, there are a lot of teams and it just kind of adds up to where there is a chance. But I think a lot of people might look at this and it's like, I'll believe it when I see it. And I almost thought that, like I almost did that, yeah. but then I tried to, you know, cause I was thinking the other way I was thinking. So even if you took the assumption that Alabama and Clemson make it, are you super confident? Like, are you oh, really, really confident in teams like Oregon, Georgia, or Oklahoma? Those are teams that have been there. Like, are you for sure thinking that they're going to make it? So it'd be tough. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm going to lean yes. And even when you talk about, you think like Alabama, Alabama and Clemson, oh, they're so likely to, to both make it, but like, it doesn't take, like what, even if I think this is aggressive, I mean, I don't know what the odds of them making it are, but even going aggressively high, let's say they both had 80% chances of, of making it. 
Well, the chances of them both making it then are only 64%. So, you know, those, when, when those teams don't make it, it's, you know, you gotta, someone's gotta make it from somewhere. So. Yep. Yep. All right. Two yeses. Okay. Who's gonna be? Huh? Who's gonna be? If I had to pick one, oh, that's a good question. Who has the best chance? Oh, maybe, maybe Iowa, Iowa State. State. Um, yeah, them or, or, or Florida, I guess. Yeah. I, I might go Cyclones here on that one. You know, we'll see. Again, like, we I think it. it's like a, you know, whatever, 10 or 15% chance or whatever it is, but, but I think yeah. that might be the highest. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Okay. Yeah. 15. I'll go 15%. That's what I'll say. Iowa State. Okay, Michael. Okay. Um, last question here at ESPM.com. Aaron.chapman12 asks, how many 1,000 yard rushers will we have in the 2021 season? And I set the over under at 61 and a half. I made the over okay. a minus 101 favorite. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they're both even. <laughs> Jerk. So, you know, obviously I, when I, I looked back at the, the, what it's, what's happened and last year you, you have to ignore because of the shortened COVID schedules, but in three of the last five full seasons, it was over the 61 and a half. Um, so I, I think this is a solid line and, and just looking at it, I don't think there's a, a necessarily a wrong side, but since it was 50 50, in my opinion, I wanted to do a small analysis for my answer. So what I did is I, I looked at the last three years, small sample size, but I looked at the average number of rush attempts per game in 2018. There was an overall college football in 2018. There was an average of just over 39 per game. The last two years, it dropped down to 38. So one less carry a game. Uh, rush yards per game dropped from 176 in 2018 down to 168 in 2020. So it's slightly trending down. I know it's a small sample size, but that's I wanted to somehow get to an answer that way. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm actually going to go under here, under the 61 and a half. Yeah, uh, I pretty much echo that sentiment just to the fact that, you know, for multiple reasons. One, because Trey, what you said is, you know, there's less rushing a little bit. I mean, you know, one carry per game is a big difference, right? But also, uh, there's, there's more of an emphasis on multi, you know, purpose backfields, right? There's more, um, kind of like the NFL is doing now where remember a decade ago or 15 years ago, there were all these guys going over a thousand yards in the NFL and they were just pounding one guy. Now it's like you got multiple guys in the backfield. Very rarely do you have just one guy leading the whole way. And I feel like college is doing the same, starting to do more and more of that as well. So I was North Carolina last year, of course. So I think that's kind of Although catching they, on. I think the they both calls. got over a thousand, but I, I see your point. <laughs> that's true. So that kind of hurt <laughs> you. That added, that added that. <laughs> good point. I think they did. Yeah. They were, they were, they were really good. <laughs> yeah. But my point stands. I think there's less breeze halls of the world these days. Yeah. Uh, and Chuba Hubbard's, uh, and more split carried type of people. So yeah, uh, I'll go the under. So when I went to research this question to, to set the line, um, I was expecting the numbers like in the last five years, uh, the number of thousand one yard rushers to be fewer than like 10 years ago than the, in that 10 oh, to 15 yeah. year ago what range. What was it? It wasn't, it, it's gone up. Like it, there is a clear, wow. like when you go back to, I went back to 2008, 2008 through 
2011, let's say, it was like 52, 53, 48, 47. And these days it's 70, 59, 64. So it's, it's weird. Faster offenses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so why is that? So more snaps. Number of snaps is, is the big thing. It's like, yeah, they're, we're passing more, but we're also running more. There's, there's more plays yeah. and rushing has become a little bit more efficient. I think just because obviously teams having to, to uh, more efficient than, than more. running was not, not more efficient than passing, obviously, but more efficient than running was back then because yeah, teams are having to focus more on the pass. Um, yeah, they're not sticking like and there's eight a hand- or nine in the box and yeah, a exactly. More. There's a handful more teams than there were 12 years ago, too. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. That adds But it is crazy. Like, in, in 2016, there were 70. And then, you know, yeah. a, year, a couple of years later, it's 57. It's it's um, well, it's not like a But it was, like, compact. so close. There were so many guys that's at, like, true. 980 and 990. It's like, you know, true. I mean. The other reason, I think I maybe said it, like, a half. Well, this is a downer. This is, Never mind. I'm not even going to talk about that. So, anyway. Uh <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I have to say it, but I was just like, I was like, I'm hope. I like, I think we're all hopeful that it's just a normal season that goes off, you know, with yeah. like, no issues. But I was like, eh, half a, with a half a player here, like maybe there's if a COVID issue, I have no idea. You know, hopefully we're all right. fine. I don't have to cancel games, but I just took that into account like yeah. very, very, very slightly. So, That's true. Anyway. Player too. Yeah. Um, all right. What a downer. I know. I just I regretted when I just even started saying that. Like, why are you saying this? I had to open up your mouth. But if I was a listener, I'd be like, "Well, you you started, so now you got to say it. You got to say yeah, it." Yeah, exactly. Got to finish. Uh, anyway, uh, that'll do it for the College Football Bros podcast. If you want to support us, we'd really appreciate that. Uh, you can subscribe to our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash College Football Bros. We've got uh, a bonus episode coming out this week. We're always talking in the in the Discord chat, so. See you there if you decide to join. Otherwise, we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.